Hey y'all, here is a quick ad before we jump into the episode. Podcasting remotely can be challenging, but it does not have to be. With Zencaster, you have a whole tool that can make remote podcasting that much easier. Zencaster is an all-in-one podcast production suite that gives you studio quality audio and video without needing all the tech-savvy know-how. It records each guest locally, then uploads the crystal clear audio and video right into the suite so you can have the high quality raw materials that you want to work with. This works really great when my guest is talking and Preston just won't stop barking. I'm able to just cut out his barks and keep all of my guest's audio. To access Zencaster and all its tools with a 30% off coupon, go to zen.ai forward slash coffee combos that's z-e-n dot a-i forward slash c-o-f-f-e-e c-o-n-v-o-s and type in the promo code coffee combos that's c-o-f-f-e-e c-o-n-v-o-s for 30 percent off for three months Okay, now let's jump right back into the episode. Hello, Coffee and Combo listeners. It's your host, Liz. And this is my podcast where I talk with friends, leaders in the community, and other great conversationalists about politics, wellness, and activism and how they're all connected. And today, like every other day, I'm excited to have Reverend Ngozi Robinson to talk about religion and the religious obligation um, to to be an anti-racist society. And so welcome, Ngozi. Thank you. Glad to be here. As uh, as always, happy to be in your presence. <laughs> so those listening, you might have remembered Ngozi from the bonus episode where she discussed um, her being a, a person of clergy and being an author of paranormal fantasy and how those worlds mesh. But we're also talking about another one of her passions today, which is just creating an inclusive society. And so to welcome you in Goza, I'd like to ask everyone, uh, what's your favorite cup? Coffee, tea? If you're making something that's refreshing, what are you going for? Oh, well, it's always tea. I am a bit of a tea snob, I I guess I have to admit. Yeah. And so it's usually some highfalutin herbal blend that I've secured from some fair trade location and brewed myself at the perfect temperature. That's what brings me happiness and joy. I love that. And like, I, I so see that I'm being on brand for you, like just this fair trade, you know, just this herbal, just very Zen, like very just kind of like chill and good for the environment. So I appreciate that. Tell us a little bit. Have you always known that you would, you wanted to go in and be part of the clergy or, or, or that religion would be an important part of your life? Has that always just kind of been ingrained in you? <laughs> oh no, not at all. Uh, I wanted to be anything but this. 
even after I received my call, I told God for a long time that he was just mistaken. Uh, so, yeah, I, I now I can't see myself doing anything but it. But before, this was the last place I, I imagined I might turn up. So definitely uh, a God call, not, you know, the self-directed. You know, it's something how God will always kind of like pull you into something. You're just like, I don't want to do this or I'm not ready for. He's always just kind of like, yeah, it's time. Well, when you look back in hindsight, you can see how all of the things lined up, but you weren't aware of them at the time. So depends on how you look at it. Absolutely. And so what about, you know, you had recently given a workshop on, um, and please correct me because the, the title of it, it was on, it wasn't creating a anti-racist society. What was the name of the training? Yeah, anti-racism as a spiritual practice. Anti-racism as a spiritual practice. And, and has that always been a call for you, like just creating an anti-racist environment? Um, no, but I do have experience uh, with it. I've been working on race issues in America in some form or fashion for over 20 years. And so, uh, although never or very rarely directly from that approach, so uh, when I was asked to help out uh, some members of a friend's church, I was comfortable stepping up. That is awesome. And I know some people feel that anti-racism or any talk of race is is far from what um, those in the faith should be talking about. Um, my personal opinion is, you know, we I feel like we've seen Jesus create really equitable societies, whether that's bringing women to the conversation when it would de be deemed otherwise, you know, not appropriate, or like we see talking to the Samaritan woman and how has that been on this journey of talking about um, anti-racism in with the faith? Has it been well-received? Has there been some roadblocks? Um, mostly it's neutrally received or received as a nuisance. Um, but it's, you can generally still call that received. You're in the door still. Uh, there are, of course, places that aren't having it at all. Uh, but I think most people, especially with recent events, are aware that uh, there is this thing called race in America. And uh, it has uh, some nastiness to it that needs to be dismantled. Mm. And in thinking about that, like, what are what are some things that you teach? that those in the faith can do to, to, to create this equitable society? Well, um, so the workshop was called Anti-Racism anti as a Spiritual Practice. And I think that some people think just not being racist is enough. Right. Not doing racist things doesn't mean you're an anti-racist. Being a good person doesn't mean you're an anti-racist. 
right. having black friends or relatives doesn't mean it. The only thing is being aware that racism is built into our system mm. and ourselves mm -hmm. and actively working to dismantle it. That means you're an anti-racist. And um, I'm fine that I acknowledge everybody can't be an anti-racist because that is hard work. Mm, I love how you said that. Like it is hard work. So don't don't step up and say you want to be an anti-racist unless you really are willing to to do what it's going to take because you're going to have to dismantle yourself and realize that you've taken into you some of these teachings and assumptions and and paradigms that are part of the problem. And that's true for people of any race. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been all been exposed to this system. We react to it differently, but it is embedded in us. And it's scary to say, oh, I'm just going to have to dislodge this thing that is so deeply a part of me. Mm -hmm. I, I love that because I think, right, as we talk about um there was this comedian talking about this woke culture that we have and we try to out woke one each other. And what you're talking about is the de the deliberateness of being an anti-racist racist person and creating that environment and how it really is self-work, right? Seeing how you show up in spaces, how you react in spaces. And that sometimes can be uncomfortable because there's things you realize. Um, what can people do, especially those in the faith? Because I think sometimes, you know, we in the faith can be like, I follow Jesus. I love everybody. Right. And we put that blanket statement out there and it's hard to recognize when we are not operating in the faith or when we're being judgmental based on somebody's appearance or the way they, they look or the way they act or their sexual orientation. So what can people in the faith do to be aware of their biases and not run from it, but really learn from it? Got to be willing to learn, have to be willing to study. Um, the Bible says, in all thy gettings, get understanding. We're just not supposed to sit here like bumps on a log. We are, we are called to learn and, and do our best. And so... There is no shortage of, of excellent scholarship and readable uh, advice on uh, anti-racism and the less so, I think, on the internal work that you have to do to, to dislodge um, racism that's been embedded in us. But there's stuff out there you can learn about. You can learn in any format you want to. You want to learn video, go to YouTube. There's good mm -hmm. videos. You want to learn in short form reading, go to Kindle Vella, has an excellent nonfiction section. You want to get an 800 page book and plot through it, you can do that too. Yeah, but I, the point is to do something. And I, I think that's the thing. I think we're at a point where like you, you have to have this call to action to do something because ignoring it isn't changing it. It's not changing where we are in society. Um, and so doing that internal work. Um, anything, any tips, anything that you can leave people with that they're just like, you know, from your, um, 
your workshop, any takeaway that you would like to share with us? I think I would want to remind everybody uh, that this work, you're not alone in it. God is there to help you. And it's hard work, so you do need help. And I think that that sort of human divine partnership is really essential to us becoming the people we're meant to be and helping to create a beloved community and a beloved society. I like that. And and what would that look like, right? So like if God were to answer that prayer and we have this beloved society, what would that look like for you? God says, and Gozai, I'm creating the society that you want. What, what would it look like? Well, there used to be this thing called restorative justice, mm -hmm. which meant that if somebody in the community was harmed, the situation wasn't right until they were made whole again. Mm. And I just feel that if we took that approach to many of the problems in this world, we'd be going in the right direction. I love that. And I think that's really good place to pause and, and ensuring that your neighbor is healed and we're not healed until we're all healed. I really love that. So any last words that we would like to leave any way um, that people should find you if they want to connect with you? Oh, well, I am findable on peopleoftheway.faith online and uh, under my name. There's a few in Gozai Robinson's actually. Really? But, but I'm the one doing ministry and uh, social justice work. So. Awesome. And for you listeners, this note will be in the episode notes so you can get connected if you're interested in having her for speaking engagements or learning more on creating an anti-racist society um, in your church or in your environment. Um, and Goze, my last question is, what's in your cup? What are the three things that you are adding to your, your emotional cup to get you through your day and your week? And while you think of your answer, I'll give you mine. So for me, I think, you know, I had some time outside today and I'm a little tired. So I think a nap, um, doing some reading and um, I want something yummy. So um, I have some like fried yumminess that going to get into soon. So uh, good food, a good book, and a nap is what I need to feel whole and restored. What about you, Ingoze? Mm, well, uh, I need to close my water circle every day this week because I didn't do it this last week. And I feel <laughs> I need to feel that sense of accomplishment and good health. Um, and I need a walk every day, even if it's just for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I need, I, I really love sitting in my car sometimes and decompressing from the day. So I there need is no more time. And sitting in your car. That is joy. I thoroughly enjoy that. And Enjoy your cup and I hope that you close your water circle. Um, I got my I got my little thing charging because I was drinking and it wasn't counting. So but my water intake was not it was it was less than four, we'll say. 
<laughs> well, there's always tomorrow. There is always tomorrow. And Gozai, thank you so very much. And we will talk to you. Have a great rest of your day. <laughs>